Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I was so motivated that as soon as I turned 18 and I was legally allowed to buy a property, I wanted to be able to buy one. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with experienced property investor and developer, Andrew Bodner to learn more about how he got into real estate, renovations, investing and developments, the importance of networking, teamwork and self-development and how he's managed to get to where he is now by staying focused and passionate about property. As a property developer, much of Bodner's job is based around getting investors into the property world. Yeah, my name's Andrew Bodner. I'm from Kingdom Development and uh, we do um, co-investing property development for um, up-and-coming uh, joint venture partners and for investors who want to get into the property market on a uh, co-ownership. As a result, his day-to-day life heavily revolves around looking for sites and ensuring that developments he deals with all run smoothly. We look for property, so um, we do property acquisition, sales and marketing and um, we go to council meetings and do um, development applications for um, co-ownership of um, large-scale townhouse projects, high-rise projects and uh, other different developments in the local community. Having to manage quite a lot in terms of property developments and the like, Bono explains how he's able to juggle it all. Well, I'm blessed with a very good team. I've got a few very key business partners and um, I've got some excellent architects and um, we've got a really good team around us of consultants and builders. Um, so it's not just a one-man you know, job, it's all hands on deck to make it a profitable business and, uh, and that's how we make it work. Growing up in Sydney, Bono delves a little into his story and what sparks his interest in property when he was younger. So I grew up out in Western Sydney, uh, 10 minutes from, a, from Liverpool and we basically, um, we started, um, from what I guess my story is, the way I started was I did a real estate and mortgage finance course out of high school and um, got into doing um, renovations initially just for smaller projects. And as I was doing those renovations, um, I was also working in real estate at the same time and doing uh, mortgage broking at night. So I was working two jobs so I could buy my first property as soon as I turned 18. With a natural interest in property and a talent for sourcing profitable properties, Bodner explains how his journey into the property world propelled from here. I basically flipped and renovated eight properties between 2001 and 2007 and made about thirty to 50000 as a profit per renovation. And one of my clients was a builder at the time 
um, who I was selling houses for, and he said to me, there's a lot more profit in building. You should give building a go. And I said to him, well, I don't really know anything about building, and uh, you know, renovations is sort of all I've ever done. And he said to me, look, you, you're good at finding properties, you're good at negotiating, and you've got a good eye for getting um, you know, properties that are developable. You um, find them, and I'll build them for you, and we'll do it 50-50. And so in 2009... I did my first uh, joint venture duplex with this builder and then that became uh, another duplex uh, six months later and then from 2009 to 2014 we completed 16 duplexes in and around the Western Sydney area. With this in mind, however, Bonner tells us about his schooling and education, explaining that prior to renovating, he did have another career path in mind. I did um, school at William Carey Christian School in Preston and uh, studied legal studies, business studies, um, and uh, economics. And then I went from from that, I got a scholarship in basketball to go to America for a year. And I um, studied over there and uh, played basketball for one year. Realized that I wasn't um, wasn't tall enough or good enough to make it into the NBA. And I thought I need to have a, uh, a different goal uh, with my uh, adult life. So as I was 16, wondering what to do with myself, um, I was able to um, go to a property seminar from a young age that my parents encouraged me to go to and uh, I learned how to do you know, property investing and share market trading you know, from a young age which gave me a good footing and a foundation for my goals you know, going into out of 18 out of high school. Talking about his basketball career, Bond explains how exactly he got into the sport. I was playing for a team in uh, Sydney that travelled around um, the whole state playing against different teams and we got invited to go to Ohio and Kentucky and America and play against nine different schools um, in and around um, those states. And one of those schools was Dayton Christian High School and they um, asked me to come back after playing against them and uh, gave me a one-year scholarship to do high school over there. So that was my... Uh, uh, opportunity to sort of explore America and see what it was like, you know, living as an exchange student in another country and um, it was a great experience and I learned a lot out of it. And what kind of life lessons he gained from being given these opportunities at a young age? It taught me independence from a young age because I was you know, traveling at 15, 16 years old, living with a, a new family in another country, um, learning to adapt to different cultures and yeah, it was a great experience. Um, it gave me a lot of wisdom and knowledge. Um, in how to, uh, I guess, socialise with uh, all walks of life and all different cultures. And um, and for me, it was also a great blessing that you know, I was able to um, experience something like that at such a young age. Not many people get to do that. Coming back to Australia later that year, it was after his arrival back home that Bonner attended the seminar that sparked his passion for property. Came back uh, to Australia in uh, June of 2000, and I got invited to a real estate seminar by uh, Peter Span, and it was um, a four-day seminar from 9 a.m. till 9 p.m. on flipping properties and um, trading on the stock market. And my uh, father was supposed to go, but he had work on, and my mum had two tickets, so I went with her, and that was my first sort of thing, I guess learning about real estate other than playing Monopoly when I was a kid. (laughs) It's always interesting uh, to to hear about that. Yeah. And it was a really good learning uh, experience. I realized like you don't just have to have a nine to five job and work 
for 40 years, but you can actually make a lot of money out of investing. So learning that at a young age gave me a different perspective on career choices. And um, and then it got me interested in other public speakers. So then I got interested in Anthony Robbins and Robert Kiyosaki and, and all the um, Warren Buffett and all the sort of you know, famous people that have come and gone and spoken about um, you know, investing in property and, and mindsets and all that sort of stuff. It was this epiphany of the lifestyle that property investing could give that essentially drove Bonner to study real estate and began saving for his first property. I was 17 when I did the course and I was one of the youngest people there. There was about 3,000 people at this seminar. It was held at Ringwick uh, Racecourse and um, basically I came out of it saying I want to I do real estate. Like It just gave me a, a whole desire to um, have cash flow and... and um, you know, flip properties and make a profit that way rather than um, being stuck in nine to five jobs. So for me, it made perfect sense. So I, I came home from the seminar and I told my parents that I was going to do the real estate course and I immediately went and did the real estate course um, two months later and got my license and um, got a job two weeks after completing the course and um, and then I got a job working in pizza delivery at night and doing mortgage broking as well so that way I could have three jobs to save up enough money to buy my first property. Juggling three jobs to save money and get into the property world as young as possible, Bondner tells us how long it took him to save enough to buy his first property. I was so motivated that as soon as I turned 18 and I was legally allowed to buy a property, I wanted to be able to buy one. So it took me about nine months to save up and I bought the property one month after I turned 18. Reminiscing on this first purchase, he takes a moment to tell us about the life-changing moment. I still remember it to this day. It was in uh, Hurstville and um, it was actually at auction. So I was very nervous. I was, my hand was shaking when I um, first uh, went to buy the property and um, increasing my bid. Um, I ended up buying it for $271,500. I still remember the price and it was a two-bedroom unit, uh, one street from the station and I spent about $30,000 renovating it. And sold it a few years later for four hundred thousand, and made made almost uh, eighty thousand dollars clear after stamp duty and renovation costs. Wow, that is awesome! Only a few years, and you would have still been in your early twenties when you did that. So uh, I was nineteen, so it was only um, a year and a half after I bought it that I sold it. Definitely an exciting time in his journey. Bondner shares that while starting his career as an investor, he was also progressing in his career as a mortgage broker and real estate agent. So I was working in real estate. Um, I, I gave up the pizza delivery job, but I was, um, I was still doing mortgage broking in real estate and uh, that was my first property flip. And from there, I did another seven after that. Working hard at a time most young adults find themselves interested in other activities, Bonner explains it was this potential lifestyle that drove him to work multiple jobs at the time. I wasn't interested in doing a lot of the things that uh, most young people do at that age. I didn't care about going clubbing or drinking or you know, uh, wasting my money on other things. So I thought with the free time I had at night, um, a mortgage broker that I was giving referrals to, he told me that he was making about two or $3,000 as a commission for an average you know, home loan of half a million dollars. And he said to me, you know, oh, if you refer it to me, I'll give you $500. And then I thought to myself, if I get the license course done and do it myself, I can make 3000 instead of 500 I might as well do the course myself. So I ended up being doubly qualified and had two jobs. And that, that really definitely helps because it teaches the ins and outs of finance and also ins and outs of real estate too. Yeah, and they both complement each other really well. So for me, it just made sense to do both. And um, you know, 
I wasn't married at the time. I was still young, so it made sense to work extra harder in those early years. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into Andrew Bondner's journey to learn more about how his parents encouraged him in his property endeavours. My parents' biggest investment was me because they didn't invest in any property or really anything other than their own home, but, um, but they believed in me and they encouraged me. Why he decided to go into share trading whilst also investing? I learned from um, that seminar from a young age that property is more of an illiquid asset because you know, you've got to sort of sell the property before you get any real income. How working with others when it came to investments helped him build his portfolio? I was good at designing, picking colours, organising how I wanted it to look um, but you know, I wasn't a handyman so I, I outsourced all of that to contractors and you know, carpenters and painters and basically just managed all those little pieces of the investment. And that's next. I'm Tyron Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Thinking back through his property investment journey so far, Bondo reflects on whether or not his parents influenced his interest in property. My parents' biggest investment was me because they didn't invest in any property or really anything other than their own home. But um, but they believed in me and they encouraged me from a young age that I could do anything that I put my mind to. So having them as a support and belief that you know whatever I wanted to do, they were there to encourage me to do it. Um, it just made it so much more easier to step out in faith and give it a go and um, with their encouragement and, and the fact that they um, thought that it was something that would help me as an adult, sending me to those courses from a young age really gave me a good stepping stone. However, while property was what his parents encouraged him to do, Bondner shares why he decided to go beyond investing and get into share trading as well. I learned from um, that seminar from a young age that property is more of an illiquid asset because you know, you've got to sort of sell the property before you get any real income because the rent that you receive normally only covers the interest. So you don't really you can't really live off the rent unless you've finished paying off the house. So if you want to get some, you know, income on a regular basis, shares provided that by way of dividend or by, you know, buying and selling them, like you can buy shares today and in three days you have your money back if you decided to sell them. So they're much more liquid and, you know, if you need the cash you can move them a lot quicker. So it was I guess it was a different asset class that complemented real estate so I had the cash flow from shares but then I had the longer term asset being real estate. Having tested the waters in both investing and shares, Bondner explains that the experience has taught him a lot. I didn't have much in shares when I first started off. I only had you know, under five or $10,000 I think it was but most of my money was in real estate but it was, a, it was a good learning experience understanding the market and you know, seeing what you know, currencies do and, and gold and just really getting to know how the world works in terms of a market perspective gave, gave me a really good uh, fundamental background. And that his knowledge together with his property know-how has allowed him to grow his portfolio. To date, I've completed 23 deals, um, 16 of them being duplexes and townhouses. And prior to that, I did seven flips of just renovating properties. Taking a moment to talk about his renovations, he talks about the process he undergoes when flipping properties. What I learned from the uh, seminar when I was 18 was that, you know, you be good at what you're good at and don't try and do the things that you're not good at. So for me, you know, I was good at designing picking colours, organising how I wanted it to look. Um, but, you know, I wasn't a handyman. I wasn't good with a hammer and a nail or, um, you know, putting up walls or anything like that. So I, I outsourced all of that to contractors and 
you know, carpenters and painters and basically just managed all those little pieces of the investment. With other investors often being unable to properly manage their tradespeople, Bono explains how exactly he pulled it off and how he ensured everything was done on time and within a budget. Well, one thing is um, you don't rely on you know, just one person to do the whole job. I got multiple quotes, so you're keeping people accountable and not, not just um, giving it to the first person that comes and you know, tells you they can do it. And the second thing as well is that I also told them that there was more work to come that I planned on doing this as a business. And so, you know, if they did the right thing by me and did it in a timely manner and performed well and, and kept in budget, that there was more work to come and more deals that I was going to do. So they, they could see that if they did the right thing, that there was going to be more work for them as well. So I think it's just um, having a good incentive for the people that you use and letting them know that, you know, you're um, you're in it for the long haul. And um, I think it's, uh, it's just how you manage people, I guess, and treating people the way you want to be treated, just simple, simple human elements. Despite being successful in managing all his properties, Bono shares there have been definitely some projects that haven't been as smooth sailing. From 2001 to 2007, I made you know probably half a million dollars almost out of flipping properties. And um, one mistake I've made in real estate in now I'm 35 years old, so I've been doing this now for 17 years, um, was that I put a lot of that money that I'd made out of renovating into buying a commercial property. And this happened about six months before the GFC in 2008 and I basically did a renovation to this commercial property, um, got a tenant um, lined up for the property and then that tenant couldn't pay their rent on time. Um, They ended up moving out and I couldn't find a tenant for six months because of the GFC and ended up selling that property for $150,000 loss. And uh, I guess in hindsight, looking back at it, um, the things that you can learn from that is number one, you know, don't don't put all your money into one investment only. I put a lot into that commercial property, nearly a million dollars. And um, and then the second thing is, you know, if you're not happy with, you know, the rent that you're receiving, you can drop the rent. It's better to have some rent than no rent. And also, you know, the best time to buy is when, you know, everyone else is fearful. And the best time to sell is when everyone is greedy. And for me, I actually sold when, when you know, people were fearful about the GFC when I should have actually been keeping that property and, and writing it out. So I guess it's just looking long-term and having patience to, you know, I think everyone regrets selling property. Everyone always says, you know, I wish I bought 10 properties back in 1980. And then people say, I wish I bought 10 properties in 1990 and I wish I bought 10 in 2000. Everyone always regrets not buying more. So I guess the biggest regret would be that I sold. Just, you know, it's not a loss unless you realize the loss and sell it. But what, what drove you to the fact that to sell, like, could, do you think you could have held on to that particular property back then? I think, like, you know, if I was, uh, rather than trying to get enough rent to cover the interest, I would have been better off to lower the rent and just, you know, work a second job or something to cover the difference in the interest rather than, you know, selling the property at a $150,000 loss. So I think um, that one mistake in real estate gave me a good footing going forward and I never did that again. Having had so much experience in the property field now, Bono explains about the moment he realized he could expand his property opportunities even more. When I got into building, uh, you know, I was doing renovations for nearly 10 years and then had the opportunity to start doing um, co-development and duplexes and townhouses and now high-rise units. And um, I just realized the economy is a scale when you leverage and you, you know, come together with other people with the same vision. Uh, together everyone achieves more that's the definition of team and uh, when you do it on your own there's only so much that you can borrow or that the bank will lend you when you do it together um, you're diversifying so you're not putting your eggs in one basket and you can also um, you know spread out and do a lot more 
property rather than just doing one transaction. Aside from learning the benefits of working in a team when it comes to investing, Bona has also learned the importance of personal development. I've always I spent a lot of time in self-development as well. So I've attended more seminars you know, since the first one. And you know, like I said uh, earlier on, I went to Anthony Robbins and Robert Kiyosaki and uh, other public speakers, um, John Maxwell, who's a, a Christian speaker on leadership. And um, you know, just basically reading as much as I can and learning as much as I can is... Um, one of the, the keys, you never you never know everything and you never know enough. There's always more to learn. And um, I think just um, one of my habits has been to try and read at least a book a month. And um, you know, there's so much knowledge out there if you just put your mind to it. So inspired by Andrew Bono's journey and his amazing aha moment, we'll keep the conversation going in a future episode of Property Investory. We'll discuss how he got into property developments in 2009, uh, I met the builder when he came into our real estate office uh, looking for a real estate agent to sell um, his properties and we just clicked straight away and he gave me his business and we started selling his properties for him and then um, I asked him you know, to teach me a bit about building. The strategies he has in place to avoid unforeseen moments? Yeah, we've got multiple exit strategies um, per project so we're not just relying on one, one thing to happen. And much, much more. That's next time in a future episode of Property Investory.